This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. Well, thank you all for tuning in to the Tenkara cast again. I'm very excited to uh, be coming back from Japan and have a listen, uh, a speaker here who、uh, a lot of you are probably familiar with,、uh, Tom Rosenbauer. I've got him lined up for today's episode. And、uh, Tom is actually somebody who I've been wanting to talk to for the podcast for a little time.、Uh, but I found that, like last times that we talked, we were talking more about chocolate making than, <laughs> than fly fishing, it seems like. But、uh, today we're going to talk about Tenkara and fly fishing and Tom's experience with,、uh, with Tenkara. Hopefully, You're going to enjoy learning、uh, where he is coming from. And,、uh, and of course, it probably goes without saying, but Tom Rosenbauer is the, the guy that everybody recognizes、uh, as being associated with Orvis. He's written tons of books on fly fishing, and he's always a, just a delight、uh, to fish with. So, Tom, welcome to the Tenkara cast. I appreciate you making the time to talk to me today. Well, thank you, Daniel. It's my honor. You've been on my podcast a couple of times. The least I can do is, is come on yours. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And it's,、uh, I'm not sure why it's taking me this long to, <laughs> to book a little time here to talk to you because I, I have been wanting to talk to you about Tenkara and share you know, a conversation with our listeners. The, the Tenkara cast is、uh, it, you know, it's a podcast where I've talked about all ranges of com- topics. I mean, all kinds of things. I just usually blab a lot. And,、uh, but I've had a couple of instances of talking to other people, and it's always just a lot of fun. But、uh, why don't we get to the,、uh, to, the, to the gist of it? Maybe, actually, maybe let's get a little introduction of,、uh, f- about your fly fishing experience before we get into the Tenkara. Like, can you just tell us a little bit of how long you've been fly fishing and what you do and what you've been doing recently with fly fishing?、Um, yeah, sure. Kind of boring, but、um, <laughs> I started fly fishing when I, was, when I was a kid, and I've been doing it for. It must be right close to, oh, I hate to admit this, but 50 years.、Um, I, I, I taught myself. I, I learned, of course, there were no videos back in those days or web, the web. And I, I taught myself from books、um, badly. Um, I had um, a one mentor、um, that I knew of, a, a gentleman named Carl Coleman from Rochester, New York, where I grew up, who had a little. Fly shop in his, in his garage, basically. And、um, I started tying flies for him commercially. And he was a great influence on me. He taught me a lot about、um, nymph fishing back before strike indicators were ever used. We did a lot of upstream, straight upstream nymphing with a floating line and weighted nymphs. And、uh, anyway, I, I learned a lot from him. He's a brilliant, brilliant angler. And then I had another, I had another, uh, Friend from Boy Scouts who also we kind of learned fly fishing together, so we kind of learned side by side. And it took me, 
you know, it probably took me 10 years to learn what somebody learns in two and a half days in a fishing school these days. So it was a long process. Um, but I've always loved to fish since I was very little. And I just thought fly fishing looked cool. My father didn't fly fish. I didn't have any relatives that fly fished. And I just, uh, you know, um, started out on bluegills and small bass. And then, and then, um, as when I was old enough to drive and I could get to trout streams, I did a lot of trout fishing, the Catskills and upstate New York and Pennsylvania. Um, I didn't go out. I didn't fish the Western United States until, oh, mid to late 1970s. And, uh, you know, since then, being an Orvis, I've been lucky enough to, although I don't, people think I've I've traveled all around the world and have fished everywhere. Uh, That's really not true. Um, I've fished in a few relatively exotic places, but um, to be honest with you, I love fishing right here in the United States. There's so between saltwater, which is one of my big passions, and and freshwater. There's so much interesting fishing here. Um, I do want to go to Cuba Hmm, badly because I love bonefish, bonefish tarpon permit, and Orvis has got a new a new trip to to Cuba uh that we just announced so i'm i'm hoping that um i get to i get to go to cuba soon well they have to put you on that trip because you're uh, always promoting uh you know you're you're a big voice for tankata or for fly fishing at orvis you're a big voice for orvis you have the podcast and everything i'm sure there'll be a delightful program to have you go to cuba and promote that uh can't imagine Orvis why don't you talk to them? Why don't you talk to them about that, Daniel? Will you put in a word for me? Well, I'm sure they're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they don't even listen to my podcast, Daniel. Oh, we got to change that. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll make sure Nobody. to talk to the big guys there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that that's got to be a fun trip. But it's uh, you know, but you know, that's like. Uh, what you just mentioned about uh, loving fishing here in the, in, the, in the United States, one of the things that really struck me when I first fished with you out there in Vermont uh, near the Orvis headquarter was just how excited you were, Tom, uh, catching, you know, six-inch and eight-inch brook trout. And the first thing that I remember thinking to myself, like when you, ca- when you caught a small brook trout and it was a beautiful little fish, and and you were like excited and i thought to myself it's like this guy he's fished for all kinds of fish he's caught like huge fish in all kinds of places you know maybe maybe i got the wrong image but i know you've been to some pretty cool places but you were still like excited as a child you know to catch a small brook trout in your own home backyard and to me that always it stayed with me. It's like, you know, this is the the kind of attitude I always want to have in my fly fishing. It's uh, I always want to feel like a child and want to catch a fish that I've caught dozens of times before, hundreds of times. And uh, so I wanted to tell you that, that it's, uh, it's been inspiring to watch you be as excited for a small fish as you, I, I hope as excited for a small fish as you are for any of the bigger fish. Because if you get more excited than that, I'm, uh, I'm afraid to be close to you, Tom. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I get, I get excited about all fish, but I don't get, I don't get wigged out over really big fish. Um, I, you know, I get, I get just as excited, but uh, well, fish is a fish. 
Yeah. Um, you know, somebody, somebody once, I, I, somebody once told me that fly fishing is, or fishing is great because it allows us to pretend we're 12 years old again. And I've always subscribed to that philosophy. Uh-huh. Yep. I, uh, and I, I remember somebody earlier on when we were kind of uh, starting to introduce Tenkata here and somebody came online, a little bit of a troll, you know, trying to uh, dismiss Tenkata as a uh, fishing for kids and luckily, one of the somebody from Japan actually kind of responded right away, saying that he actually takes that as a big compliment. You know, fishing for kids because, yeah, you're, you know, you're fishing as a kid. It's like you're finding this joy back in your life. And uh, you know what came? What somebody tried to come across as an insult was actually a big compliment to the Japanese person, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, but so you, you fish in Pennsylvania, and uh, of course now you live in Vermont. I mean, have uh, did you grow up mostly fishing out there in uh, New England, like northeastern part of the country? Yeah, upstate New York, and because I lived in Vermont for 40 years. Um, Vermont, The Vermont fishing um, is, you know, it's, it's it's good. We have some very large fish in the bat and kill that are very challenging. We have lots of good, as you you've seen, um, wild mountain streams with wild trout in them. Um, but I, you know, I I do love the technical trout fishing where you're trying to match the hatch and and um, play games with a big fussy fish. So I do like to go other places for my fishing. And of course, I love salt water, and there's none of that in Vermont except in a pickle jar. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I, uh, you know, I, I travel a fair amount, but it's mostly on my own. It's not, you know, it's not big fancy trips, usually with friends and, um, you know, usually not to a fancy lodge or anything. I don't, you know, I prefer to, I prefer to keep it, keep the fishing intense and the, the rest of it very simple. I noticed that, you know, and I think it's kind of a true, and a lot of times, you know, like, I think it's true of uh, a lot of the folks at Orvis in general, and uh, maybe that's another thing where the image doesn't really match the the reality, you know, like sometimes people might think, oh yeah, these guys must be staying in fancy lodges, maybe they don't fish that much, and what I've noticed from the beginning is, man, like, people there, everybody that works at Orvis, like, loves fishing, and you guys just like you're just a core fisherman that just love fishing hard and keeping it simple to borrow your words i think that's uh it's a good way to kind of put it but it's just really you know a lot of good soul fishing i uh, i've noticed there war of is yeah there's a bunch of fishing sickos here and <laughs> we make uh, no excuses for it <laughs> yeah well I'll stay but you know you mean, you mean we you and I both know you're never going to get rich in the fishing business and you're never going to, you're never going to make enough money to stay at one of those lodges. So unless you get a free invitation, you're not going anyway. Right. Exactly. So let's be, <laughs> uh, let's be content with what we can do. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, as long as I've got a rod in my hand, I'm happy regardless of what I'm doing. We went pike fishing yesterday and it was, uh, it was pretty slow. But um, the whole department went. But it, everyone, everyone caught pike. Everyone caught a big pike on a fly rod, and so it was fun. Nice. And uh, for those who uh, always wondered if uh, if you can catch pike on Tenkara, just look up Tenkara pike on Google, and you find some images. But I'm assuming you're, you didn't take a Tenkara rod yesterday, did you? 
No, I took a nine weight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were fishing pretty big fly. You would not even, you could, there's no way you could cast these flies within the tank hour rod. Yeah. You would break, you would break the rod in half, Daniel. That's, yeah, the flies would have been <laughs> the, the problem, not the fish. Maybe that's a good yeah. episode for the future. I have to bring in the people that have caught pike on tank hour and just talk to them about uh yeah, you have to get you have to get Chris Hunt. You have to get Chris Hunt in there. Yeah, Sorry about that. that's a that's a good point. I think he'll be one of the next people. But um, let's talk a little bit about Tenkata. Start talking about that topic. Why you know some listeners are tuning in to this episode. Um, I I should mention that I've followed your work since I started fly fishing. I mean that's uh, I think there's uh, a lot of people in the United States and a lot of different parts of the world actually. Um, because I think I first read one of your books when I was still in Brazil, self-teaching how to fly fish. And um, a lot of people old learning how to fly fish because of what you've written, you know, like maybe some of the videos that you've produced as well. And one of the things that I thought early on when I discovered Tenkata was that, man, I bet Tom Rosenbauer is really going to enjoy learning about Tenkata one day. And... But I didn't introduce Tenkata to you personally. You know, I think you've heard about it through some other people. Can you tell us how you first learned about Tenkata and what kind of got you to maybe first try it? Uh, yeah, you know, I had heard about it for years uh, because um, one of our dealers in our dealer in Japan, our distributor in Japan, Tiemco, um, you know, we've, we've known them for quite a while. And, and so I was aware of Tenkata. Um, but had never done it until I went to visit, um, Colby and Brian Tro in, uh, at Mossy Creek in Virginia. And we went brook trout fishing streams, very similar to what we have here. The fish are a little bigger, I think. Um, and, and Colby was fishing it all day long and I kind of said, nah, I'll pass. And I watched Colby, I watched Colby getting these drag free floats forever, you know, down a pocket. Oh, I mean, just the fly just kept floating drag free. And I, at one point I finally said, give me that rod. I got to try that. And, um, it was fun. I, I, I have to admit that Tenkata is not my preferred way to fish. Um, but, um, there are two, two places, two places here at home where I really like it. Um, I love taking my 11-year-old son, I think he started when he was eight or nine, um, to a local dock on a lake and, and catching sunfish with a tenkai rod because he doesn't have to worry about a reel and a line. He can just, he can just make a cast and he, he's learning how to, you know, really how to fly cast because the motions are the same. It, people think it's just dapping when it's, when it's really not, um, and he doesn't have to worry about all the other stuff. And he catches fish and he reefs them up on the dock. And we have a lot of laughs. And he can see the fish take the little poppers. And then the other, um, the other place I really like it is a lot of our mountain streams here are, are small, but they're quite open because they have kind of wide floodplains, uh, big boulders, and and uh, you know the the foliage. It grows down to the grows down to the edge of the water, but you still have plenty of room in front of you and behind you. And uh, I find uh, tenkata to be perfect in there. We're mostly fishing dry flies, short casts, and 
the whole game is is to get a drag free float. The fish aren't very picky. Um, they 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 eat anything that looks remotely edible. And so getting a drag free float is the most important thing. And Tenkara works beautifully for that. Perfect. Yeah, and it's uh, well, I think uh, it's understandable, you know, that uh, Tenkara might not be your preferred method of fly fishing because you've you've you have mastery of the fly rod in Rio, and that's uh, I, I think uh, probably a little bit hard to abandon the Rio for every you know condition. But I, uh, I, I, you know, I do feel very honored that somebody like you does take Tenkara out once in a while, and that's uh, and that's oh really yeah, neat. absolutely. It's just it's just a fun switch, you know. It's a fun change. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, do you fish with tenkara differently uh, than when you when you use a rod and reel? Like, does he, does your fly fishing change at all? Do you do things differently, um, or is it pretty much the same, just with a different rod? You know, it's pretty much the same. You know, I I use basically the same flies because I know they're gonna work on these small streams and I can see them, um, and it's pretty much straight upstream but you know i do want to try um i would do want to try some more subsurface techniques with uh that you and i just talked about um i do want to try some of those techniques that you have on your on your website on the videos because i've i've really limited myself to just using a dry fly and I remember when you were here fishing with us, you did really well. I think you caught the biggest fish on the Tenkara rod. And you were fishing, you're fishing a kind of a, I don't know, half dry, half wet fly. And you, you fished it both ways, as I remember. And I think you caught that, that really nice fish when it, the fly was sunk and you were manipulating it. Yeah, and it's in... Uh, for our listeners too, Tom and I were just doing a podcast episode for his podcast, the uh, Orvis Guide to Fly Fishing uh, podcast, which you can find in iTunes. And we talked about some of the techniques uh, in Tenkara. There's an episode that I've done uh, in the past uh, for this podcast, and we have a video about like the five main techniques used in Tenkara, like the dead drift, pulsing, and that kind of thing, and also sinking of the fly without using weights. Uh, so just to kind of let our listeners kind of know, and it's, um, yeah, and the idea, you know, using a Tenkara fly that's not particularly a dry nor a nymph, you know, it kind of works either way. Um, and uh, just using one that, uh, you know, like, kind of like a soft tackle wet fly, primarily subsurface. Um, but I think one of the cool things about those, as you as you mentioned, like I was fishing as a dry and sometimes subsurface. Um, one of the cool things about using this kind of fly that is not specifically a dry or a nymph is that you can fish it pretty much anywhere you want, any water column, yeah. just by changing the technique. Yep. So, yeah, definitely recommend you give it a try sometime. Um, I will, and you know, I the the um, the way those tenkara flies are tied with the the soft hackle kind of reversed or cupped forward over the eye, um, that must give them a lot of action in the water. So, uh, I and it probably helps them sink too. 
Yeah, so it does. Yeah, it does do a few things. The action for sure is a big one, and we could have talked about that and in, um, in your episode. Yeah. But it's um, yeah, when you kind of post the fly, the fly opens and closes. It's got this nice motion. But the other thing that it does too, the reverse hackle, it kind of anchors the fly in the water. So if you have a fly that's uh-huh. really streamlined and you try to post it, a lot of times you'll jump right out of the water. And with the reverse oh, hackle, yeah. it kind of stays yeah. subsurface a little bit more. So that's... Uh, ah, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. We'll, we'll do uh, episode four a few months from now for your podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. But uh, I have to go out and try that first. Yeah. So like, in, so you use mostly dry flies with your rod and... Um, and do you do, I, I don't know if you still do a lot of uh, manding with your tankata rod, or do you keep the line kind of off the water and uh, less manding with uh, when you fish with tankata? Oh, I hate, I hate mending. I hate mending with the normal fly line. I try, I try to avoid mends at all costs. I feel that the best way to ruin a drift of a fly in a spook fish is to mend. So um, about the only time I mend uh, with a regular rod is when I'm fishing an indicator with a nymph in fast water. But, uh, no, I don't, I, I don't mend it all with Tankata. I just keep the line off the water the whole time. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's the advantage to me. That's the, to me, that's the big advantage of it. I don't want to have to mend. Yeah, I agree completely. And that's kind of a, you know, it's probably a loaded question, but it's like, I want to make sure that Tom is not mending. And I, it's been a little while since you and I fished together, but I couldn't remember I didn't think you were many. I think your your technique was really, really good, actually, uh, for Tenkata. So I just wanted to refresh my memory there. Um, do you uh, do you ever do, like, different rigs with your Tenkata rod, like dry droppers or using weights and that kind of thing? I haven't yet. I might I might experiment with it. Yeah, okay, so mostly dry flies, like a indicator. Yeah, or, and with bluegills, I've some, if they won't come up to the little popper, I'll sometimes put a little nymph on, especially if I can if I can see the fish, you know. But um, no, I've I've been pretty pretty dry fly purist with the tank out rod. Well, and uh, and actually, just kind of struck me uh, before we uh, t- uh, called each other here today that. Uh, I have been working with Tenkata USA. We have been working with Orvis for almost four years already. It's amazing how fast time is going by. I had to look up our first press release that we put out, and it was July 2012 when you guys really first wow. started offering uh, Tenkata to your customers. It's, uh, yeah, it, for, for some reason I had like two and a half years in mind or something. It's amazing. It's been four. Um, and you're... Your rod, your rod is the only rod that we don't either make here in our rod shop or or build to our strict specifications. So only it's the only rod that we sell. Yeah, I do feel very proud of that. That I, uh, you know, in four years, I, uh, I guess we we must be doing something right today. You guys are not making your own tenkata rods and uh, just continue to work with us. I appreciate that. I. Uh, but what what can you tell us about in terms of Orvis wanting to work with Tenkata USA and, and also in broader terms, like wanting to offer Tenkata to your customers? Like why did Orvis decide to embrace uh, this method of fishing, you think? Well, duh, we're in business to make money, Daniel. I was down in Mossy Creek and those boys sold 
16 10 car rides in an afternoon and i said came back and said hey guys we're missing something here and daniel makes daniel makes a great rod he's a great guy let's let's get 10 car rods in there and see how they do and you know it's it's a fun way to fish that that i mean other than making money that's our philosophy really is we want our customers to have have fun catching fish we don't we don't want it to be horribly expensive for them and tenkara rods are inexpensive it's a, it's a great way of getting into into fly fishing so so you know all the all the signs pointed to the fact that we should do it Nothing very complicated about it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty simple decision making, I guess. I was, uh, well, and I yeah. was, I was wondering too because, like, you know, early on, you might have, or maybe you didn't see too much of it, but it's, uh, of course, early on when we were starting to introduce Tenkata here, there's all kinds of discussions online saying, yeah, Tenkata is fly fishing, Tenkata is not fly fishing, you know, blah blah blah. It's all, all kinds of weird, you know, conversations, but. It was really a big milestone to have Orvis, you know, which has been in business for just about 160 years now, um, you know, considered one of the most traditional fly fishing companies in the country, if not the world, coming out and being like, yeah, we want to offer Tenkata. And it's, uh, I think, besides, of course, the, the, you know, the financial decision, I mean, to us, at least from the community and from Tenkata USA, we saw that as a big validation of the method um you know and there's a little bit more to it at least in our heads do you do you guys ever talk about like you know is tenkata fly fishing is it not or did it just not matter at all you think we don't care you know our our philosophy is if, if you do it with a fly and you're having fun then it's fly fishing period end of story i don't care if you fish glow bugs or or squirmy worms or um shaky worms or whatever if you know if, if you've got a fly on the end and you're casting it through the air and a fish eats it you're fly fishing who cares it doesn't matter to us we don't we don't need to get involved if, if our customers are interested in tankara and obviously they are um then we're going to both um sell them the equipment and and give them the necessary help them develop their skills and have fun with it well, and it's, uh, that's probably part of the big reason that I wanted to work with you guys. You know, the attitude was very much, you know, like we're in this for the, the joy of fishing. You know, it's not for the joy of fly fishing. It's not really the, you know, like, uh, you know, the hard line that maybe a lot of people, you know, might take or even comp- companies once in a while take of, you know, just uh, purist or not and that kind of thing. It's just like we should all be fly fishing you know because we get out and we get to see how the you know waters are doing and uh i mean there's just just something to be said about getting more people in fly fishing as well Um, yeah you know three three core three generations of the family that owns orvis actually four generations now with per with um with simon's daughter pippa and her video um they, they they all fly fish and they all love it and it's their life. And um, although we sometimes have to make some hard nosed business decisions, um, we always think of we always think of customer first and we think of what what we would want as a, as an angler as as a fly fisher, uh, what we would want to happen. 
So, you know, it's just, uh, it's good business, but it's also the, the it's also the corporate philosophy that we have. Yeah. It comes from the top down. And have you guys been hearing much from your customers? I mean, I, I've been very honored too, as as well, to be part of a couple of episodes of your podcast. It's going to be three pretty soon here. Um, have uh, many of your customers been kind of in contact, kind of sharing any feedback about Tenkara and how you guys are, you know, sharing it and promoting or anything in particular that you've been noticing? Um, well, the one thing I've been noticing, Daniel, is... is um and actually, one of the reasons I did the podcast with you um, is that Tenkara is very a very heavily used search term on our website, and we analyze those things. And obviously, um, I, I think that you know when I go when I go and do like I do do my presentation on small stream fly fishing at, at clubs or TU chapters or shows or whatever. And and I talk about Tenkara in the small stream fly fishing um, lecture. I ask people if they know what Tenkara is, and you know sometimes half the people in the room don't know what it is. So I think that there there are still a lot of people. There's there's still an untapped um, market out there for Tenkara. I think that there's a lot of people that are that are obviously curious about it because they're searching the term on our website. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, there's, there's still, there's still a, um, unfulfilled demand for knowledge about Tenkara. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, and that's only like, we've, to a large extent, like I've, I almost feel like we've done a decent job of introducing people that are ready fly fishermen into Tenkara. But, uh, you know, one of the big opportunities I think with Tenkara is getting a very large number of people that have never touched a fly rod to fly fish because of it. And, and we have been fairly successful at that, but I think that's still almost like an unlimited number, you know, just, uh, getting more people to realize that fly fishing doesn't have to be complicated. So if you're getting those, you know, hands raised, you know, half of the room kind of have heard of Tenkara and that's like the fly fishing audience primarily, you know, just imagine yeah. if you're talking to a room of people that have never fly fished before. That's uh, yeah. you know, those, yeah. those are even more interesting numbers, I think. Yeah. It's a lot tougher sell. Yeah. It's a lot tougher sell. Definitely. But, um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm noticing like people are, Everybody wants to do stuff outside, and they're just looking for that excuse, whether it's hiking, whether it's skiing, whether it's mountain climbing, or you name it. There's like there's an activity there for almost everybody. Of course, some people are just into video games, and they don't want to step out, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I like to think the majority of people are just looking for the one activity that they want to go and partake outside. And uh... You know, that's a good point, Daniel. And anecdotally, um, I, I know in talking to some customers, when I've been in stores, a lot of um, young um, cyclists or mountain bikers or backpackers are really interested in Tenkara Rod because it's so simple. It packs down so small, and uh, you only you, you know you need that little tiny rod tube and a handful of flies, and that's that's and a spool of tippet, and that's all you need. And um, that that's really intriguing to them because. It, it's so lightweight and so packable. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a really cool website talking about biking in particular uh, called the Path Less Pedaled. And it's a blog, you know, where these, this couple, they're just biking all over the place and a lot of times promoting bike tourism. And they just started something, I think it's called, uh, what, what they call it, like Rods and Paddles or something. It's a little bit of a campaign uh-huh. where they're, they're just taking their fly rods, their Tenkata rods and their fly rods. They use both everywhere because, you know, if you're biking around a lot, there's a good chance you're going to be coming across some good stream here or there, and you might as well have a Tenkata yeah. rod oh, with yeah. you. <laughs> so it's uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's just the way a lot of people are looking at activities nowadays. You know, just going out. Yeah, and, I mean, if I were doing if I were doing the mountain biking or backpacking thing, I would I would def- absolutely take Tenkata rod. I don't because there's there's too much time screwing around with other stuff and not enough fishing time in those activities but <laughs> well when you go mushroom hunting when the weather warms up there i'm sure you're gonna take one right <laughs> yeah i could yeah it, it could. i never thought of that there's a couple of little brook trout streams where i do some of my mushroom hunting i i should do that daniel yeah. good idea <laughs> that's you know that's honestly that's how i've been fishing at least last last couple of years most of my fly fishing like as a just as a regular activity, like not taking people out and teaching, but just to fish my wife and I, uh, we, one of our biggest excuses to go outside is to go mushroom hunting because we kind of lose ourselves in the forest and we're just... Yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, oh, it's just a beautiful activity where we lose ourselves. I mean, we're just like in a different world, it seems like, but we always have a Tenkata rod and and we sure enough, we always cross the stream, and now you always have to cast at least a few times and see what happens. Yeah, so, that's great. That's yeah. great. But uh, yeah, some other time you and I will have to do uh, some mushroom hunting together. You have to come out to Colorado and partake in our porcini hunting in uh, July and August. Oh, <laughs> I would like to because we don't we don't get many king bullets here, so I would like to do that sometime. Actually, I'm going to be out there in August. Maybe we should Ooh, do that. Yeah, definitely let me know when you're going to be here because I'll take you to a couple of spots. It's, uh, it's a blast. We're going to be in um, in Avon for a week in August. Oh, perfect. Yeah, not maybe too. We, maybe we can meet somewhere. Well, Tom, I uh, don't want to take too much more of your time. I just wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about your experience with Tenkara and kind of introduce you to uh, to our listeners, a lot of whom uh, are new to fly fishing as well, I've, I've been noticing. So I, I appreciate you making the time to talk to me for the Tenkara cast, and uh, I'll make sure to put a link to, uh, to the Orvis Guide to Fly Fishing podcast that you put out uh, much more consistently than I do. It's a good podcast for people to listen to, uh, and uh, hopefully I'll uh, I'll see you here in Colorado in August sometime. All right. Well, you know I'm really a novice in Tenkara, and um, so I, I hope I gave you some interesting information. But um, I, I really, you know, still learning, still learning a lot. We all are. We all are. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah, much. We are. <laughs> thanks so much for your time, Tom, and uh, to our listeners. Until next time on the Tenkara Cast. Thanks for tuning in this time and uh, for following us on Facebook. And if you want more information and if you want to link, uh, find the links, uh, you can go to tenkarausa.com forward slash podcast and look up this episode for uh, some links that I'll put out there.
And as always, I want to thank my friend Nick Ogawa, also known as Takenobu, for letting us use his music, which we use in the introduction of every episode of the Tenkara cast. Nick uh, Takenobu just released a new album called Reversal, and you can find that at takenobumusic.com. This song is called Che, and I want to say that I really, really enjoyed having his music on my um, iPhone here when I travel. Tremendous music as always. So take a listen and go check out his album at takenobumusic.com. <laughs> 